All right, Ann, I want to play a game a little later in the hour. All right. Have you seen the news about who's being bandied about for Donald Trump's vice president? Have you seen it? I have not. All right, then don't look for it. Because I've got a name. I want you to come up with three people who you think would be considered. Okay. All right? Okay. It's a it's a doozy. But we'll get to it. In the meantime, uh, very excited to welcome back Richard Halpy. We have a special segment, 3 at 3 with Richard Halpy. He, this is a guy, not only as a podcast host uh, with, with um, a, a really, I think, thought-provoking way of looking at a lot of difficult solutions. And and not only that, but talking with people on both sides of the aisle and and uh, a guy who has done a lot and is an expert in a lot and has a lot to say about a lot. Richard Halpy rejoins us this afternoon. Rich, good to have you back. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. It's uh, always good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you in a two way conversation. That's exactly right. Well, well, here's you know, here's the other part, too. Is it's nasty weather out, and uh, and and I think people are bundled in tight. They got the news on. They want to hear some interesting stuff. It's why we bring you in. So let's start this thing off. W- what's on your mind today? Well, uh, you know, you had a great lead in um, on your last segment uh, that what we do on the Common Bridge is that we go after the issues of the day and the opportunities of the moment, not from a political point of view, but from a policy point of view. Um, and I don't want to go into guns too much today, but uh, the tragedy in Uvalde, um, three, four years ago, we proposed something called graduated licensing, like we do with everything else in our society, had graduated licensing, which has support from uh, gun aficionados and for people that don't think anyone should have a gun, all agree that's a better uh, program. Uvalde would not have happened because the perpetrator would not have been able to purchase that firearm because uh, because it would have to prove that over time you could responsibly handle it. Um, but, you know, today, uh, w- one of the things that, that continues to um, trouble us is that we have a healthcare financing system that is a mess. It's not even a system. Um, we have a housing shortage and people living outdoors in this great uh, country of ours. Um, and uh, we have this dysfunctional, uh, politically binary system uh, that thinks that keeping the government open and running is actually an accomplishment. <laughs> and they're not, they're not dealing with the firearms or, or, or housing. And so we spent some time on uh, how can we break that binary? And I don't know what you'd like to chat about today, uh, healthcare, housing, or breaking that binary or anything else. Dealer's choice. Where do you want to start? Um, well, let's, let's talk, uh, let's, let's go to healthcare because, um, that affects everybody, um, at some point, you know, ultimately we're all patients, uh, but you're, you could be a caregiver at some point. You could be, um, someone with a loved one with an in, injury or an illness. Uh, you could be an employer, uh, an employee, and we have a mess in this. And uh, but but it's such a uh, an emotional issue. Um, and let me just say this about that: we're doing it all wrong. Um, we have 65 million people today that are enrolled in Medicare, um, which is the only longitudinal system. 
um, that that makes sense. Um, there's another 88 million people, including 40 million children and youth, that are enrolled in Medicaid. Um, and and, the, and then we have 155 million people that are in employer-sponsored mm -hmm. plans. So we're over halfway, over halfway, toward a national plan that would, if every citizen was just on a basic plan, a la Medicare, guess what? No annual enrollments, uh, no uh, eligibility requirements, no uh, everybody uh, on the same program uh, in terms of denials. Now, I also would want to say that that would just be a base level. You'd still allow there to be a private market for people that wanted more choice, more access. But if your employer provides it, it's taxable compensation, which it is. And do you do you and feel we, like a, a majority of what people need would be covered under that plan? Yes. I mean, when, if, for the fundamental sick uh, and injured, if you have a, a life-threatening disease, um, that would be a, a great way to be covered because everybody would be in the pool. Nobody chooses to get cancer. Um, and the unfortunate people that do wouldn't have to worry about whether they're going to get the right treatment and whether or not uh, they were going to have uh, to be subject to being bankrupted over it. What do you think? Um, what do you think so, happens to medication prices uh, under that system? Well, at, at medication prices, um, you you would then have the the agency acting as a large health plan. Now, the risk in this plan is that to get on the formulary, those are the approved drugs. Um, it may not be all about price. It may be all. It may come down to lobbying. Mm. Um, you know, Lipitor is, you know, should have to compete price-wise against Crestor uh, versus uh, enough senators are getting campaign donations <laughs> sure. to make sure that Lipitor is uh, in in the program. Um, but the other thing I would do is, is fourth element. I'd let everybody go on Medicare Part D right now. That is the prescription drug program. It's a fair fight. Mm -hmm. It's the for-profit insurance companies versus the for-profit pharmaceuticals. And that you've got 95% uh, subscriber satisfaction uh, and you have controllable prices. Well, you so, know, the, the, the other part, too, of this is, is you know, having access to, to good health care is, is it seems like should be a priority in our country in 2024. The other thing, and, and you know, uh, unbelievable to me that a, a city like San Francisco can clean up the homeless population as soon as uh, uh, Xi Jinping comes to town. Uh, they can do it uh, in, a, in an incredibly fast manner, um, but it doesn't solve the problem long term because all these people are back out on the streets. Housing continues to be a huge issue in, in the United States of America. It, it does. And we recently had Greg Colburn, uh, who wrote a book called Homelessness is a Housing Problem. And uh, he broke down all of the myths around what's causing the uh, housing problem. And it, the net net of it is that we need more affordable units um, out there and that uh, we need to start creating neighborhoods that uh, can be constructed quicker and that can house more people. And look, we've seen it in Detroit when we had uh, zoning that 
had, that formerly said uh, you had to have these big single-family dwellings. They were too big to be single-family dwellings, but you couldn't subdivide them into something else, and they fell into disrepair. Um, I recently came back from Houston. Um, I used to live there for a couple of years. I was there for a football game that got a lot of attention. Um, but I, <laughs> in driving through the, through the neighborhoods, Houston has infilled some of their older neighborhoods with nice looking, you know, four to 